next guest <laughs> got this city interested in Major League Soccer and man buns again. From the LA Galaxy, please welcome Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And we are back. This is Gabe Leisure, and this is your Let's Fix Football. Um, we uh, took a temporary hiatus because my computer kind of exploded, which, you know, as regular is good. Um, now I have a new computer and a new mic, and everything's very cool and good because that's what life is for me right now. Um, <laughs> joining me is someone who's also having a regular one is my man, Evan Matier. Evan, how's it going, buddy? It's all right, Gabe. You know, it was pretty good that we had a had a couple weeks off because it gave me a chance to reflect straight through today about how sports, it, it seems to be purpose made to really just make my life worse. Yeah, sports are terrible and we should not like, listen if to I didn't, If I didn't know better, I would think that sports were like a torture device designed just to make me less happy. Yeah. I think that's basically right. I, I'm, I'm definitely not going to disagree with it. It's, it's been, I mean, look, so before we really get into like all the things that have gone down in our absence, because we're not going to, we're not going to do a whole show on like, uh, you know, all the different possible things. We're actually not even basically going to talk MLS today other than like the one great thing that's happened in MLS since, um, since all this started going down. I just want to shout out to a number of people who are clearly having regular ones, just having normal good days. Uh, first thought, um, really cool that Sir Alex Ferguson, we haven't really discussed him, but he's obviously having a very normal one. Um, going live on uh, Romanian TV to shill for one of their FA candidates. I think it's a normal thing to do. I mean, that's a regular thing to do when you want to make a lot of money. Yeah. You're just like, like when, pop when, when someone is just paying you some large sum, you know, some seven figure sum of money in order to go and you know trade on your name to try to get him elected in a perfectly regular and not at all corrupt country um this is this is what you do and this is a normal sport um with regular governing bodies that makes decisions in in very usual and ordinary ways yeah it's just totally normal and he's having a regular one like that he's just doing the regular things that normal just guys being dudes like go on romanian tv to shill for you know, some guy who's running for the FA and that guy, when he, if he does end up winning, will definitely not, you know, shower him with perks somehow. I mean, like, I don't, I well, mean, he just, totally won't hire him as like a technical consultant who has to show up at like one meeting per year. For, yeah, for right. $250,000 a year technical consultancy. Right. Totally. And that gets him the right to like, you know, of a, you know, a travel slush fund and everything else. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. Also having an extremely regular one is uh, Sepp Blatter. Um, you know, obviously the world, one of the world's great pieces of shit. But he decided that today, um, not even today, a couple, uh, yesterday would be a really good day to start a Twitter beef with Yanni Infantino, the head of UEFA. I'm sorry, no, he's the head of FIFA now. Um, and uh, yeah, so the way he, he went about doing that was by uh, tweeting at Infantino, but um, at Infantino is actually just the corporate account of some like California kids toy startup. So he says twenty five billion for a uh, piece of the cake. That's wrong. You cannot sell out football. Football, the most popular sport in the world, belongs to the people. Hashtag FIFA. Hashtag UEFA. Hashtag or at Infantino. 
hashtag FIFA World Cup. Infantino, like I said, is the um, corporate turtle handle of um, of uh, an account that sells toys for babies. They literally, they're, they're I mean, they're, they're, they're <laughs> their bio is, we love babies, we adore kids, we admire <laughs> their moms, and we work hard to create a lot of really cool stuff to keep them happy and help them grow together in California. So... I- I think a lot of people and the, they're going to pop into these people's mentions to tell them to stop selling out football, and they're going to have absolutely <laughs> no idea what's happening. So, so I gotta say, I was having I was having a long day on Thursday. It was like a lot of work, a lot of writing. Was really done with it. End of the work week, and and then in the afternoon, I see this tweet, and there's just so much goodness here. Yeah, there there is there is. You know, Seth Blatter, Mr. Sellout Football, saying you can't sell out football after he made a movie in which he was the hero for selling out football. Like, that's fantastic. Yeah, that rules. That's a, such another, a great <laughs> undercurrent to this. He's like, you can't sell so out good. football. He like literally released a movie. We talked about this movie where they literally the Seth Blatter character played by Tim Roth comes in because he's like found a way to sell out football. Yeah, he's like, you know what we need? Money. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. And I think that he's just jealous. I actually do. I think it's genuine. Like he's, he's clearly, like we said, he's having a regular one, but I think he's really jealous. I think $25 billion is more than he actually ever made personally. So if he, he you know, $25 billion, is a lot of money. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I decided yeah, not to the, investigate. Yeah. That's the real question. I know who got $25 billion. Is it, is it, is that what FIFA took in this year or something? I have no idea. I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't, yeah. yeah that wouldn't shock me money. at all. But yeah, anyways, um, um, like I said, having a regular one, um, Seth Blatter and um, the people at uh, at Infantino probably also having an extremely <laughs> normal day. Very regular day for that social media coordinator who like this. He's like independent contractor. He's got like six other gigs. He never has to do anything for the baby yeah, gig, the except, baby for gig. Post, except for post like the occasional product picture like every third week. Yeah, they're, and they're, then suddenly, suddenly his phone's blowing up. With a bunch of you know, set bladder Twitter trolls. They're like, "Yeah, you you corrupt piece of crap. Why are you selling out?" He's like, "Wait a minute! Like our last tweet was, keep your baby entertained and safe with stroller toys that are secured to the stroller. Looking for your perfect solution? Find it on our the baby monitor blog link." <laughs> right, right, and suddenly he's getting getting tweets about how you know. You know, Morocco needs to be given the World Cup and, you know, UEFA is just trying to – FIFA is just trying to sell it out for the American capitalist pigs. It's awesome. It's it's really good. So that guy also having a regular one. I mean, like, this account only has – it should have tipped Seth Blatter off, but this account only has 3,800 followers. This I feel like I want to follow it now. <laughs> Me too, but I think all we're going to end up getting is these, like, exactly what I just showed you, that, that their most recent tweet is, like, keep your baby entertained. <laughs> That's 100% right. Uh, so, and the last person I wanted to, like, and we'll talk more about him because he's he's going to get his own segment, but um, Gianluigi Buffon also clearly having a regular one, uh, giving an interview after, like, all the controversy that went down this week, saying that all of, you know, all of the Real Madrid drama made him feel alive. Which is, I think, a totally normal thing to say about the incredibly huge uproar that he uh, that he has caused and and been a huge part of. It's like totally having a regular one. Just you know, sometimes you you want to get on on you know go on the media and just tell everybody that you struggle to have feelings anymore. And um, you know, this drama that you've caused has made you feel alive. I feel alive. I mean- 
what what I'm hearing is that the way for me to feel something and feel alive is to, you know, start a controversy that gets, you know, death threats sent to a referee's wife. And I, for one, am pleased to be told this. I think a lot of us could use this kind of advice. And so I'm going to have to figure out forthwith how I can start a international media firestorm and get, you know, Twitter trolls to to threaten the life of like on Twitter of a referee's wife. Like if this, if that's what it fucking takes, then, then that you rule, know, I mean, like if that, I'm here for like, it. I'm here for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I was joking like the, um, there's a, there's a great moment. It's in, it's always sunny. And you know, with Dennis, um, you know, he's like meets his old crush and he's like, turns to Mac and he's like, this is crazy, Mac, but I'm, I'm having feelings again. Do you, do you remember feelings? And Max like, yeah, I have them every day. <laughs> 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 that's so it's probably like, yeah that's like buffon he's he's on the phone with with i don't know who would he be on the phone with? that's the real question like <laughs> who's he talking to, who's he's talking to? That he's feelings now yeah um sure so that's those are our three shout outs all of those people obviously having having normal ones it's really cool and they're doing well doing really well all of them um so it's time man it's time to jump in because we have a lot to talk about Obviously, we already mentioned the Buffon stuff. I think we should do that later because we have some funnier stuff before even that. Um, three things uh, that I think we need to talk about before that. And first of all, I mean, okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll this tape right now. This is the audio of the the Roma goal that put them through against Barcelona, set to um, "My Heart Will Go On" by Celine Dion. Enjoy, enjoy this audio. So that's that was that. Um <laughs> that that I have to say that is so that meme format is one of my favorite meme formats. I've sent you several. Yeah. <laughs> several They're really good. It's uh, really good. Great goals set to Celine Dion. It is and this is this I, this is the best use of this meme format. It yeah. is the it is the peak, the pinnacle. I don't know if we'll ever top this use of the meme format. Yeah, I agree. I mean it was it, it's so funny and like so I'm also going to play at some point because there's so much to 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 in- insert this in. But I have a <laughs> someone made a YouTube video that is literally just one minute of Zlatan Ibrahimovic laughing, and so I'm going to play chunks of that at some point <laughs> because like you could tell. I mean Zlatan, there's not a single act- active player that you know, hates the Barcelona and Pep Guardiola quite as much as Zlatan, and and I I just imagined him you know laughing this whole goddamn time. So he rules, but we'll talk about him later. So uh, the most important thing is this. Barcelona had a 4-1 to one, uh, lead going into their match against Roma, and they blew that. That's one of the biggest collapses for, 
I mean, they were predicted something like 96% to move on after that result in, in Barcelona. The the best thing for me about this match personally is now nobody will ever remember that Tottenham bottled the match against Juventus and got knocked out because holy fucking shit, Barca bottled a 4-1 lead and that is, it's just going to echo through the ages that this is a thing that happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really up there with like the great collapses of all time. It It is. So that actually is sort of one of the things I wanted to get into. Like, where does it rank? Like in terms of some of these, like obviously it has the flavor of the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead <laughs> just because it has like the same, you know, je ne sais quoi of the 4-1, to 3-1, to one, that kind of thing. Similar, similarly bad collapse. Um, I mean, to me, I think in terms of a single game, like they didn't need, <laughs> they didn't need to even just beat the Cavs as running with LeBron or, uh, the Yankees and that that like losing that three zero ALCS lead back in the day like that's another classic collapse. But this one was a very specific set of things needed to go wrong in one match, and they all did. But then you know they could have fixed it in that one match also, right? So like the collapse has this flavor of both being yeah. you know worse and a little bit better, just because yeah. like all they needed was one the, Messi to do literally one thing, right? Like, that's yeah, but that's why for me the real comparison is the Patriots and the Falcons, right? It's because because all because it's the same thing, right? If we, if we take the halves of the you know if we take the two halves of that Super Bowl and you know paste them you know overlay them onto the two different legs of the tie for Roma and Barca, right? You have almost the exact situation. You have someone in the first half, the first leg of the tie, just sprinting out to a massively just complete dominance. And then you come back the second half and like you you don't have to you all you have to do is at some point in this get the ball and just like sit on it for a little while so they don't have enough time to score the goals or the touchdowns they need to beat you and just being completely fucking unable to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that actually is a really good comparison. I. I, I think actually that is even better than any of the other ones because the other ones are all about like blowing series, right? And this yeah. is, I mean, this is sort of a series. It's two games, a, but like two a ties games. A li- it's a little closer to one game than a series, yeah. right? Than, yeah. a, than a four, than, than a, you know, a seven game series. It's seven games is just a different I mean, it animal. definitely is. I mean, the, I think you're totally right. That, and especially if you consider that um, the goal that Roma scored that we, we played the audio for is a lot like that touchdown that um that the Patriots scored to tie the game, yeah. you know, at the, at, like at the death, and everyone knew like, oh shit, this is this is going this is gonna happen. Uh, I remember, Gabe, you we were actually watching that Super Bowl together, and all of us had stopped watching the game yeah. really in the third quarter, and we were all just drinking and eating and shit with the game in the background. And somewhere around the end of the third quarter, we all looked at him like, holy shit, uh, we have to watch this game again. It. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was so upsetting i have to say but Terrible. this is whatever the opposite of that was this match because uh i mean it was like the whole game i was sitting there i was like this isn't going to happen this isn't going to happen this isn't yeah. going to happen and then they <laughs> they scored that goal and i was like this still probably isn't going to happen but this is really funny still yeah yeah um that, the last goal was pretty sweet too it was it was actually oh, so yeah, i was telling people flight, um, was awesome. I actually, when I was playing uh, youth, like in, a, in the in the in the youth system of one of the teams in Madrid, that actually my team might get promoted to Segunda. 
Um, when I was playing in their youth system, um, I scored a goal a lot like that. It was an in-swinging goal at the very end of a match, like basically a winner where you hit it, collected it, the, you, you just brush it with the lightest of touches at the front post to direct it into that far post. It's an incredibly, and then you get to run and, and celebrate. And you, it was you, fun. I mean, you were probably pretty excited having sent Barcelona packing from the I was. It was, I mean, my goal was more important than that one, obviously, but like this one was, it reminded me a lot of like, you know, <laughs> yeah. how excited I was when I scored that goal at age 13 um, in the most important game in world football history. Um, <laughs> right. So, the other thing is, um, and I know like people kind of have been avoiding talking about this, but let's let's just and and I, I don't think that I've ever been accused of this before, so I'm going to be now after this. But I just want to say, I think Messi had an un, did an unbelievably big choke job in that match. I don't think I've ever seen a player choke harder. Not only was he totally invisible, it wasn't like his team needed him that much. Like they needed him to do something anything and he was invisible and it was a total choke job he did not feel like he wanted to be on that pitch every time Roma scored his head was like like oh bent over he just looked bummed out and you gotta ask yourself like what what is going on like why like you know this is not the attitude of a like a a winner like this is not a winning attitude a winning mentality um I don't know I, I Evan, did you feel like, I mean, I don't know, like, I think there are a lot of people to blame, obviously, and also there's a lot of luck in this, but fundamentally, like, Barcelona choked as a group, but also individually, Messi choked. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. So I didn't see enough of the match to, like, really notice too much of, like, his individual performance, other than obviously he didn't do very much because they got their asses kicked. Um, so so I don't really know. I I. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. All right, enough all right. I'll let him. you off the hook Sorry. because people will not want. I mean, I don't need to get too deep into this, but I, I have a whole deep cut about this. And there are there's some interesting um, video of the ways that Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo each reacted to their teams giving up like goals in that second leg. And they are wildly different. Let's also say the Spanish, like incredibly moist Spanish media has been playing those videos on repeat. So I'm I, sure no, a number of people I, have seen them. So I was tempted to go down this speculative road that would get a lot of people mad at us where I would was going to make exactly that kind of comparison and then speculate about whether that means that Messi is going to play for, you know, whether or not that, you know, what, what does that tell us about how good Messi is going to be as he gets onto his, into his thirties, right? Is he going to like keep having the same kind of, you know, fire and verve that that'll keep him going? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, not. I would wonder a little bit about that. I wonder whether he might be one of these guys that retires as soon, a little, little earlier. Yeah. As soon as they start to really feel themselves slip where I almost right. don't see that with Cristiano Ronaldo. I also think though, to be clear that the span, the incredibly like thirsty, horny Spanish media does have a point that Cristiano Ronaldo spends his entire off season keeping his body in, in tip top yeah. shape. And that is the recipe for defying age on some level. Yeah. Like if you look at the players historically who have been able to play very long in every sport, it's the people who it's the Tom Brady who like spends yeah. every second of his life eating these fucking flavorless, disgusting meals and working out every day. 
Yeah, and I think Cristiano, right? So, like, for, for guys like that, it starts with that mentality, though. It starts with this, you know, just I'm going to play forever and be as good as I can for as long as I can. And, and like, I, I have no doubt that Ronaldo is heading towards the type of, you know, end career end stage that Zlatan's doing right now. Hell right? yeah, he is. He's going to play for as long as he possibly can in Europe. He might go to a couple more teams in Europe when he's, you know, if he leaves Madrid. And then he's fucking going to L.A. or he's going to New York. He's going to Miami. Miami would be perfectly timed for him. When yeah, Miami's I think it's going to be lead. Miami. Right? But and he, and he fucking goes to Miami. But like, I do not see that world for Messi even a little bit. I think Messi, no. would, it just feels like he would just retire sooner, retire and walk and away and kind of disappear in this, um, yeah. in this way. You know, like he, more of a way that like, you know, some of these other great players who just kind of go away and then they don't dedicate their life to this. They they kind of move on. You know, and like, yeah. and that's fine. It's a perfectly regular and fine thing to do. But it just it does seem like. There is this passion that's required, right, of of you and like unless you're messy, right? Messi and the thing about him is that he is so absurdly talented. He is, I think, on paper the yeah, the most gifted soccer player I've ever seen in my life. He is incredible. He is you know, the superlatives don't really exist for this guy. Um but I do think that Ronaldo <laughs> really really cares and watches and loves this game like every second of this right so i think that you know he will have this latin type career and and it also shows that you know a little bit more of that leadership i get the sense that with messi he needs other people around him that are leaders like he will carry a team just because of how brilliant he is but he does need like that xavi iniesta pk someone else to be like yo this is when we stick together and do our thing. And he's not going to be the guy waving his hands being like, all right, we can do this. He's going to be the guy that's like, all right, I'm going to try to do this. Um, and, and not the one that's going to be rallying his teammates. All right. I think that's enough. On Yeah. I'm glad that we were able to, for the first time, give the world an analysis of the difference between Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a, yeah, this is an interesting thing that no one ever talks about. And I'm really glad that we get to talk about it. It's not come up. It was pretty smart, uh, smart for us to dive into that. Yeah. In fact, um, there's another I mean there's another thing we're in that we that I wanted to talk about we're not going to have time which is this unbelievably funny video that this weird like UK site did about why Real Madrid is you know the the evil moral immoral team and it's basically like they're funded by the banks um, <laughs> uh, which I thought was hilarious. So, but we're not going to be able to get into it because it's too stupid. First of all, it is, but like shout out to the various people who sent it to us, but like it is too stupid. I think even to get into why that's bad, like why it's you know dumb and wrong, but like at the very least you should see that they're funded by the banks is something that applies to every single club that isn't owned by a sovereign wealth fund. Yeah, and I mean, even the ones that are owned by a sovereign wealth fund are probably technically, as a mechanical sense, funded by banks because they're <laughs> all they're all point. fucking using loans and then you know <laughs> and credit and then paying it back later. Like that's how corporations run, folks. It's all, it's all how it works, guys. And there is like, and there the other one, they're like, there's some, there's institutional support and a biased press. It's like every everywhere has a biased press. Like there are going to be media outlets that are biased towards this team. That's just the way it works. So. Um, yeah, that ruled, but yeah, we're not going to get into it anymore in this. So next one, I want to talk about, I want to talk about Liverpool and I want to talk about Pep because Evan, uh, is this your king? Is this your king? The world's going to start over. I'm going to burn it all. Is this your king? This our king. <laughs> Pep has won the, um, 
<laughs> Pep has won the uh, the Premier League this season, uh, but he was just brutally owned by his father, uh, Jurgen Klopp. And just really, as we said previously, but in, in once again, like Manchester, everyone thought that the, the, the team that was going to come back wasn't going to be Roma. It was going to be Manchester City. And not only did they not come back, they flopped. Pep Guardiola tried to physically fight Matteo Lajos, the, uh, the uh, uh, referee, and got ejected and sent to the stands, uh, and where we got some of the greatest images of all time, which is just him with his head in his hands as Liverpool cuts through Manchester City's weak, shitty defense every single time up the pitch. He just got owned. Yeah, and I mean, Liverpool is like, they're like the only team to... I mean, do anything against City all year, but it was Liverpool over and over again. And it was just, you know, just watching this infanticide happen where, you know, Klopp was just killing his son over and over and over again was kind of disturbing. Like you're you're not supposed to treat your child, your actual biological children that way. Yeah, it is pretty uh, rude. We should call it Child Protective Services because like this is this is getting a little much, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that I mean, they're gone. They were eliminated and the they were bad. They looked bad. Right. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, really more than a lot of the other stuff. City have been look, have looked really powerful and really good when they want to, but they looked really bad and gross when you yeah. know, in this game. Yeah, I, I think they were both bad, and then they also there's also to a certain extent they had a bad day at the office in the first leg, and then, you know, in the second leg they had to really go for it, and, and it, it just it didn't fucking work. Um, but, you know, it, they, were, they, were, they were awful, and, and, and you know, Pep, was supposed to be coming in here and winning a treble or a quadruple everyone was talking about. And you know what? He, I mean, he's walking away with a premier league championship. So great. And a league cup. Nobody cares about, um, they were out of the FA cup there. Um, you know, it, it's just, it, it's kind of anticlimactic. And it, at the very least, it shows that all the pep worship that we had to endure for the last seven months was all really overall because here he is, you know, not, he is beatable. He can be beaten. Klopp has given us a blueprint for how you beat him. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I think a lot of the pep worship is, I, I hate to say, it, but I think it is like justified because he really has revolutionized modern football and the tactics. But the fact is that there was a counter reaction to pep style football and, and we've seen it, you know, perfected in this Liverpool side. We saw Mourinho's Real Madrid, like basically be built to do that. And, you know, this this is another, you know, version of how to beat this. This is like, you know, cogently and accurately defend, press correctly and well when you when you need to and, and as much as you can. And when you uh when you go, everyone go and break and run as fast as you can. And like that's there there's a there's a playbook and he there's a there they executed that playbook essentially perfectly. Um Jurgen Klopp is very brilliant. Uh, a lot of I mean, a lot of people have been kind of forgetting about him <laughs> he's run under the radar previously but i mean i don't know about you evan but i was i was very nervous when liverpool assigned him because his his bbb side was not a joke and it was incredibly fun to watch and i just i basically said if liverpool can make the investments that they need to make you combine that with this dude who i really wanted to come to madrid then you could end up with something quite special and i think that's what we're seeing with liverpool this season 
Yeah, I, so I'm still a little like my stock for Klopp at Liverpool is not that high yet, and for for two basic reasons. One is that his teams for the last couple of years have been like just stupid inconsistent, and that's still true. Like they did put together a really good tie, but they've always been capable of putting together yeah. some really good individual games. But um, but then they did like just today they had a really stupid draw against I can't remember who they were playing now. It was West Brom. Who's going right. down? Like they're already relegated, um, <laughs> and they and they had a really stupid draw against them, and that's a thing that Liverpool does. Um, and if you do that at the wrong time in the cup match, then you know in the cup tournament you're out, and it pretty much precludes you from challenging for the league title. And I, I think that you know Klopp's got more work to do to show that he can build a team in the Premier League that's going to be you know more you know fewer stupid ass defensive mistakes and more consistent. And then there's the problem of Mohamed Salah and how much they rely on him and how he's playing himself right into a summer exit eventually yeah. to a bigger side. I mean, right? he, I, I said um, for the two things I want to say about that. First of all, I said, you know, a couple months ago or maybe only a few like a month maybe ago or so that if Mohamed Salah guides Liverpool to the Champions League final, which is possible, and he also gets Egypt out of their group at the World Cup. I think that he will win the Ballon d'Or this year. I and he, I think it arguably will be deserved. I mean, he is the top scorer in Europe right now, right? And yeah. higher than Ronaldo and Messi. Like, why not? Why not like have him be the guy that breaks this? It's but that being said, if Ronaldo if Real Madrid win the Champions League again, if um if Roma go to the final, uh and if Egypt has an underwhelming World Cup with him playing badly, I uh, I'm not sure he wins. And there are a lot of other factors, but right now he is he is in a prime position to be not just on the podium, but the first person to take home that award since Ronaldo and Messi were became really Ronaldo and Messi. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, and I think that he has a really strong case. I agree with you the resume points that that he would need to add in order to get it, especially having not won the and you're not really ever been in the race for the Premier League title. I think you know yeah, getting yeah, to exactly. the Champions League final is absolutely essential, um, but. You know, I really I think, um, you know, him winning is possible. I think a move in the summer is possible. I think that, you know, this is where the Coutinho bit of business with Barca was such bad business for Liverpool, because now the big sides know they can pry players away from Liverpool and they have a blueprint for how to do it. Um, And, you know, I, I have no idea what's in the mind of Mo Salah. But if he decide, you know, if, if Barcelona comes, uh, you know, comes over with 150 million pounds and it's like, yeah, we want you. And he his head is turned like, I, you know, in what world with the Coutinho precedent do you think that you hold on to Salah? I don't know. We'll see. I, I think it's to be quite frank, I think it's more likely Madrid will get him. Um, yeah, sure. Madrid, too. I was just just for if example. they're good. But if, if he's going to move and it's not entirely clear to me yet that that'll happen. But I. Uh, I just want to also quickly um, check in with our guy, um, Rajiv Stability, RG. Um, some some intri- Actually, his account has been getting a little better, I think, over the last, like, I think he is, since the kind of fall of Guardiolism, like, or, in, or at least the kind of exposing of it that Klopp did, he's been, you know, a little bit more humble, <laughs> a little bit more, like, introspective. But uh, he did have some great tweets during this game, for example, like, um, La Hose, the referee, has something against Guardiola. That's the only explanation for not adding time at halftime. <laughs> it's the only one. It's the only possible explanation. Uh, and uh, he's also been a little bit of like, a, he's become one of those guys that like goes into like mentions of famous people. And it's like, 
check it out, brother. We love you. It's cool. You're, you're great pimp. Like you, it's all right. Keep your head up, legend. That kind of guy. You know, if you like, I've been I've been following him pretty closely into his like replies and stuff. And like, you, if you jump in there, you'll see a little bit of that. It's pretty cool. Um, uh, I, I was looking. I'm just looking at the feed right now, and I, I was struck by this tweet. Fruits are very overrated. Stick with a banana every day, and your health will improve. Boom. That's true, man. That's just good advice. But did he? He must have meant to say underrated, right? Yeah, gotta must have, yeah. or both at the same time. Because yeah, he's a just, you know, yes. he's a smart guy who's ha- always having box. a regular one. Creative, um, smart did thinker. He has his, his UEFA B license. That's what I've heard. I've heard that. I've also heard that. Um, it's really cool that he made his own logo of God. I love the logo. God, like the the, uh, the creation of Adam, right from the the yes. ceiling at the uh, at the Vatican. At the I want to tweet at him Chapel. and ask him who made the logo for him. I think you should because maybe I that person will make that. us. I mean, ours is like, just, just yeah. Right after the show, I'm going to tweet at at old RG and see who made his logo. Yeah, I hope he responds. Hit us up, RG. Come on, let's fix football. We're yeah, happy to have up. you. We would happily have you. Um, I would also say that Pep Guardiola, after winning the Premier League, um, shouted out all his haters, which is great. I like this. Um, he said, uh, "He says, yeah, you can win the uh, the Premier League is the most important title. You can win the Champions League playing a good seven games. You can't do that in the league, um, which is a great point. It's also why he hasn't been able to put together those seven games um, in since he was at Barcelona, and he's consistently been asked to do it." It's also why like the cup is so much fun. Like yeah. the we we were talking about this when like the Barca shit happened. Like yeah, no Roma's not better than Barcelona, but who fucking cares because they won? Yeah, doesn't matter. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. They're doesn't, out, dude. Doesn't, who cares? Doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. Um, and that's what makes it so much. You know, the, the uh, you, for all that, like yes, it is a very good point that you know the best way to figure out who the best team is is play thirty eight matches and see who wins the most. Like, okay, good, I get that on paper, but yep. it also can be kind of boring and anticlimactic and sucky at the end of the year. Not cups. Cups are fucking awesome. Yeah, that's the thing, and that's why I like this the European system. We have sort of the best of both worlds. We have yeah. these. Well, look, check it out. Barcelona, you know, Manchester City. They really were the best teams in their, you know, the most consistently good teams in their leagues, but they were both knocked out by teams who put together a better tie than they did. And that's just the way it is. Um, All right, let's do it. It's time to jump in because we have a lot to do with this one, obviously, because I have a lot of things to say about it, but also because it is um, probably the thing that's done, you know, caused the most controversy. This Real Madrid Juventus, obviously um, not a good game for Real Madrid. They look, they look bad. Um, but they also look totally uh, unprepared for Juve actually coming out and trying to win the game, which is pretty dumb. But uh, basically, what you know, the the upshot of the match, Evan, three nothing, three nothing. Juve got three the three goals they needed because Madrid had beaten them three nothing in Turin. Uh, but then Juve kind of, you know, after playing this great game, Real Madrid was given a penalty in minute ninety six, uh, ninety four after you know a ser- like about five minutes of extra time were added. Um, and Real Madrid scored and that was, that was enough. That was the end of the match because there wasn't any time. And here's what I'll say. There have been, um, a lot of, I think, good faith and regular reactions to this from Juve. Like I would be incredibly, incredibly devastated and angry if I were a player or a Juve fan watching my team that fought valiantly back lose by a penalty in the literal last second of the game. 
Yeah, I mean, I I understand being angry and and frustrated. I guess the question is who you should be, who should you be angry and frustrated at? And being angry and frustrated at the referee for giving what is like one of the clearest penalties I've ever seen in my entire life ever be contested is stupid. Like the argument, so here the the argument that's being made from uh, Buffon and others is, oh, well, you just can't call a penalty in that situation. Like, yeah. what the hell does that mean? It means like, oh, you can't, you, oh, you have to like go to extra time. No, if it's a fucking penalty, you have to call it. You can't, it, it's, there's some parallel ideas in like, you know, in, in American football that like, you know, you don't call pass interference in certain parts of the game or in basketball, it's huge. Like at the end of the game, like it's impossible to foul someone in the lane at the end of the game. Yeah. Like you just, you just fucking mug them. And, you know, that's essentially what they're saying that should be the rule here that like at, you know, in that situation when it's going to go to extra time, you just there can't be any, you know, there can't be any fouls. Yeah. And 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 it's fucking stupid. It's very dumb. And the the fact is, uh, in my view, um, you know, this is this is still, though, and this is what I'd say. It's still like an understandable and good faith reaction. Like you blame the referee Always first because it's one of the one of the great things that we we have are fallible referees that do make mistakes. So even when they don't make a mistake, you can say they made a mistake and you know fight about it. And that's part of sport and that's fun. And you know d- you know the insane nut jobs right who who found the referee's wife's Twitter account and sent the, her death threats about her family. Those people are obviously uh, unbalanced sociopaths, and that's like an insane and way unacceptable reaction but here's Buffon's post-game quote which is you know look it's the one that's been I think kind of kick-started this but so he freaked out the referee and got ejected uh the Real Madrid fans applaud gave him a standing ovation as he walked off the pitch as a as a gesture to his career um so they were I mean it was extremely classy I don't think he gave a shit so he he gives an interview right after the game saying quote Clearly, you cannot have a heart in your chest, but a garbage bin. On top of that, if you don't like, if you don't have the character to walk on a pitch like this in a stadium like this, you can sit in the stands with your wife, your kids, drinking your Sprite and eating crisps. That so I think, I mean, obviously this is insane gibberish and is meaningless, right? Because it's not like I don't want to go over and and, and talk about the penalty itself because, in my view, Evan, it's actually. There isn't a good faith way to dispute whether this is a penalty or not. Right. In the sense that you, you think that it's clear, like it's yes. a clear penalty. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, so <clears throat> my instant reaction to Buffon was that it, it obviously on the pitch, he was just reacting reflexively and right. emotionally. And I, I understand that. Like you understand the guy, you know, in that the gravity of the moment just overtakes you and and, you know, you do stupid things and you get ejected and everything else. And and I think it changes at a certain point where blaming the referee became something of a way of a way of defending an absolutely indefensible, um, you know, move by the defender. In, yes. in, in, yeah. in, you know, there was no, what else, you have two options here. You could say either my, my defender made the most boneheaded tackle you could possibly make and lost um, us the game in, and lost us the second. game. Or you can say the referee threw it to the other team. Yeah. And so rather than throwing his defender on the bus, he stuck with this line of argument of it was the referee. Right. And then, um, so then we have some, some members of the press who, and this is, this is my 
thing that makes me really angry. Um, especially, to be clear, not the Italian press. This is the Catalan press. Have you know, took this incident and unbelievably cynically decided that this was the moment they were going to drum up their 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 readership, uh, their the people that are listening to them about this stuff and. It was so gross. Uh, they literally, one of the fucking sport, uh, I think it was Mundo Deportivo, literally photoshopped an image of uh, the tackle to make it look like the Juve guy didn't touch the Real Madrid player, which is absolute bananas. Like, that's an insane thing. That's an insane uh, reaction to this. It's the idea that, like, what we're going to do is, in horribly bad faith, you know, take this moment in this match and like make not just people like. So if you look at the 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 response to this, at first it was like Juve fans, but then everyone else was like, "Yeah, it's a penalty." And then this group of Catalan Barca people started freaking out and 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 sending around like classic like almost political tactics where they have edited images that they say are the truth and talking about how like literally the cover of Sport, which is the Barcelona based daily rag piece of shit magazine the same thing that like marca and asar for real madrid uh it's it's whole title was literally it's just the image of the referee in front of like a couple things and it was literally robo right which is robbery as if like as if i mean anyways it's they did it intentionally they did it to detract from what was clearly the lowest moment of barca's season and maybe of their last few years and to try to delegitimize Real Madrid, which that is their that's their game. That's their game. But if you look at the people that were melting down about this, what they did was inflame those people who directly and directed their anger at right at this person's wife, his wife yeah. on Twitter. So they're like, check it out, sociopaths. Like, here's a person that you can go after. Yeah. So that I mean, that's the real scary part. So like. This is sports in the age of fake news, right? That's exactly what this is. It's the same thing as all the, you know, we've talked, you know, ad nauseum in America about fake news stories and social media. The exact tape, same type of shit, but just in, you know, political stories instead of sports stories. And it just shows, you know, that it is, it is not like anything that people care about. You can use the same tactics to manipulate them and have really, really fucking ugly consequences as a result. And that's what happened here. You had, you know, people care a lot about the rivalry between Barcelona and Real Madrid. So you manipulate them with, you know, some edited images that they're not really going to think too hard about and use as justification to go off and do awful, terrible things like threatening someone's wife on Twitter. And it's really gross right. and terrible and kind of scary. It is. And, uh, I mean, and speaking of fake news, a shout out to Jess Howen, who obviously we've had on our show, Jess shared with me one of the greatest pieces of writing I've ever seen, which is this, it's too long to read all of it. It is maybe, I would say it's almost a, a thousand words or maybe a thousand five hundred words, um, re-describing the Calciopoli scandal in the wake of all of this, uh, to basically exonerate Juventus, which absolutely owns. And yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty so, fantastic. so good. It's so cool. And they, their whole thing was, uh, is basically that they didn't do anything illegal. Yeah. So that, that's what they do. They, like, they go through the, like, basically whatever the Italian version of, like, the racketeering investigation, like the criminal <laughs> investigation. And they're like, oh, this inquest found no criminal wrongdoing. Ergo, there was no wrongdoing at all. And and just ignore the findings by the, you know, the sport organizations who actually, you know, can't enforce 
criminal penalties, but are the ones who, you know, sent them down to the lower divisions. And, and it really is the best kind of the, the, I mean, best damn worst kind of fake news, right? Because there's the, you know, the, just you mean the, the best kind, of, right? This I, one? I guess best and worst, right? It's best because it's funny, but it's worse because it's also like kind of effective because is, there's yeah. this little germ of truth in there about right. They you know, did in fact drop. Like here's the thing: they did yeah. in fact drop the charges against Moji and and Giraldo, right? But they they did. Right. But it it wasn't in fact it wasn't because of the. Uh, the, their innocence. They dropped the charges because the uh, the statute of limitations had run, and that yeah. was the argument essentially in court. And it wasn't in the in the document dropping the charges. They they said we actually agree with the judge's decision that in under our laws the statute of limitations for these crimes has run. However, we do believe these people are guilty of this. That literally said that in the do, in the prosecuting document. So yeah. the this like counter history that relies a lot on not filing criminal charges against these people is is even more funny because of right this 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 answer that the the Italian prosecutors didn't charge them because they literally were prohibited by Italian law from charging them yeah yeah it's all awful it's great Juventus, though um Juventus sucks it, and like that's but that's not even the people I'm most angry about I mean this person is this person is amazing like this imagine like going online and and writing 2,000, 1,500 words on this, just making up this stuff. I guess you might have to if you feel that for some reason you have to morally justify supporting a team, but I don't think you do. And this person, you know, is must have be having some sort of reaction because on another hilarious thing that went down in this game, uh, Giorgio, uh, uh, um, I, can't, I can't remember, fuck, I can't remember, maybe Chiellini, uh, look, he looks at uh, Sergio Ramos and makes the how much did you pay oh, the referee gesture. Yeah, I was really good. I, for, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that was fucking hilarious. Like when you were wearing, you have to have some self-awareness. And when you're wearing UV colors, you just, you can't fucking make that one. Yeah, that's the absolute un inappropriate joke coming from you, sir. Do that, can't do that one. Sorry, that one's out of your repertoire. There are a lot of like moments in life where you have you have to know your you know exactly what things are acceptable for you to make jokes and say. And this is just one of those times. Like no one is no one. Look, you're just owning yourself, basically. That's right. Um, I also want to shout out to the people who sent me the video of this absolute disgraceful Barcelona-based radio station, which went from. Uh, and and it's what's really funny about so what's really funny about this video and I'm not gonna we're not gonna play the audio because it's all in Spanish and you're not gonna understand it but it what's really amazing about this is that you have this one dude who spends an, uh, a minute and a half talking about how the referee disgraced himself how this is the greatest robbery in the history of sports how uh, Juventus were were you know it's disgraceful that anything like this would ever happen and blah blah. And then you cut smash cut to the dude and he's literally wearing the exact this is amazing. He's wearing the exact same outfit, but he's talking for a minute and a half about how Barcelona's victory over PSG was the greatest comeback in history about how there there is no way that anything will ever top it about how like the referees were totally regular and all this stuff. And that that game actually featured some incredibly bad refereeing, unlike the Real Madrid yeah. Juve game. Yeah, didn't how many penalties did they get in that PSG game? It was a pretty couple, stupid. And the yeah. Bar the referee didn't give a P like an obvious penalty hand by handball to PSG. I mean, like yeah. look, there was a lot of bad shit that went on in that game. So this yeah. dude like absolutely disgracing himself. 
absolute embarrassment. It, it, but it's hilarious because it's a video, and the guy's wearing the same outfit. It's amazing. Like he's literally like that's really cl- that's really funny. And um, the reason it came to our attention, we got we got sent to us, but also um, <laughs> Isco, Real Madrid player Isco, t- uh, fucking tweeted it. Well, he did it. <laughs> I don't know. Someone must have sent it to him. It's very funny. Uh, which is really funny. And um, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to, we don't think we need to go into some of the other stuff that they've said after the match. Like, obviously, some of the Juve players said some really gross stuff. And I don't think we should, we need to actually talk about that. So I'm going to move on from that because, um, to be frank, you know, don't, you know, don't compare. I, anyways, we're not, I don't, I don't want to get into it actually because it's, it's, it's kind of gross. But yeah, it's, it's awful. Um, I will behave, just behave yourself, UVA players. Jesus yeah, Christ. I will say that Gianluigi Buffon had a rambling, hilarious uh, answer days later. He was interviewed for a magazine, I think, you know, quite a few days later. And they were, they asked him, do you have any, are you going to, would you be willing to apologize to the referee to apologize or, or do you feel like you have anything to make up for? given like the way this all went down. He's like, no, no, I don't. Um, you asked me, I mean, and on some level I, I agree with him, but then he gave me this, gives this unbelievably like long rambling response uh, about how like he likes soccer and like, that's his thing. And I was like, I'm really psyched and I really like soccer and my team was about to win. And then I, it wasn't winning. And so I got angry, but then what he does then is just basically out himself as one of these people who, you know, it thinks it's basically fine to go after a person's family because the football man made them sad. Like that's literally like this is what this rambling response is basically. Yeah, I God, I I don't even think I made it through all the way through this, but it's fucking crazy. It is insane. Uh, and you know, there's just uh, there's a lot to be said about it, but I I think that we should just leave it there. I will say that I think um, I made a joke about it, basically being like if you. <laughs> It's funny about being one of these guys that like goes on uh, uh, and, and, and DM death threats to John Oliver because the uh, the the football man told me to. <laughs> oh my god! Um, I'm, now I'm reading some of this and it's really fucking stupid. Right? Yeah, it's really good. Um, all right, so the stage is set for the semifinals, uh, the Champions League. It's Bayern, Real Madrid, Roma, Liverpool, just like we kind of expected it was. Um, Real Madrid played their first match and their, the, the first leg is this week. So we'll probably be talking about it. Um, uh, I mean, do you want to choose, like, guess who's going to be in the final yourself now? Um, yeah, I mean, I think liver, I think Liverpool and I think probably Madrid. Really? I, I yeah. like Madrid. Um, and it's hard to, I mean, look, as I've actually pointed out a few times, it's hard to take pun, some of the pundits seriously who, yeah, when Madrid just keeps embarrassing them every year, right? Like you go back a couple of years now, we have people who have picked against Madrid in essentially every knockout game, and and again, like like uh, there is a kind of pundit consensus that Real Madrid won't go through. Uh, I mean, I like Bayern. I think they're going to be really good. I think it's awesome that Hamas is coming back. I think everyone should should watch the crap out of these two games. They're going to be so much fun. Um, probably not for me. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it will be fun for the neutral for sure, because Roma Liverpool is going to be a lot of back and forth. Um, and Bayern Madrid is, is always fun. It's always fun to watch these two teams play. So I, 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 I see Liverpool and then I actually I refuse to guess out of Bayern and Madrid because I think 
Um, if Madrid comes to play and executes a game plan, then maybe they can go through. But if Madrid shows shows up like they did against Juve or like they did in their last match recently against Malaga, then they're going to get wiped off the pitch by Bayern. So. Yeah, I'm really pissed off at the draw, by the way. And I, I texted you like right away this was going to be the draw when we knew who the four teams yeah. were going, going in the bucket. And it just pissed me off because I actually think it's going to be a shitty final. I don't think either Liverpool or Roma has a has a, even a puncher's chance against Bayern and, and Madrid in the final. Um, no. but I just, I think it's completely two different, you know, completely different levels of teams. Um, and so I, I really strongly feel that the, the Bayern Madrid match, like there's your champions league final. Oh, I mean, I, I don't totally disagree. Although like we just did see Roma go, you know, Take down Barcelona three to nothing, just comprehensive beat down. Then Liverpool did the same to Ch- to City. So, I mean, in a final, I actually think that some freaky goal like actually could be enough, or or whatever moment of like we call it a moment of magic. Like it, it actually really could be enough for 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 someone like Liverpool. So I actually think they have a better shot at winning a final. But I agree that if it had been. Um, if it had gone the way we thought, it, if it hadn't gone this way, if Madrid, if say like Madrid, Roma, Bayern, Liverpool, yeah, um, I think it's less likely that either Liverpool or Roma win the Champions League because I think yeah. that getting to a one-game situation, you got to feel like, well, who the hell knows? It's one game, but over two legs, I I don't think either of those two teams really make the, quite the impression against a Madrid or a Bayern, right? Um, okay, so. The la- all right, last European thing before we go on to we've been right, it's not so bad. We've been recording for a little while. We still have some time to st- uh, discuss. A um, little bit of English news, obviously. Um, <laughs> Arsene Wenger has decided that he will move on from Arsenal. It um, that's the big news. We I'm going to play a clip of Arsenal fan TV reacting to it, as you'd expect. Um, they are huge Wenger out guys. So you'd expect them to be really psyched about it, but they're actually a little more introspective than I thought, but that might be because my dude is literally broadcasting from a hospital bed. Um, so, uh, you'll probably hear him talking about how like, yeah, like I'm in the hospital, but I just felt like I needed to, I needed to say something about Wenger out or whatever. And that's awesome. It's awesome (laughs) that, that, that they, uh, uh, that the dude is like actually just dying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's not. He's not. He's fine. But like, it's hilarious that you're broadcasting live from your hospital bed to talk about uh, Arsene Wenger leaving Arsenal. So, uh, yeah, I'll play that. I'm gonna splice that in now. So I never thought this day would actually happen. I can't believe it. Arsene Wenger is leaving Arsenal. Oh my word! It's mad. It's crazy. I still can't believe it. I've been checking all, you know, the sites to make sure that they're verified and it's real and it's not a hoax. It's not a late April Fool's joke. Um, but yeah, he's finally stepping down at the end of the season. And yeah, like I said, it is what it is. Um, it's one of those days that you're marking your calendar where you can say, I know where I was and I know what I was doing on this day. And at that time, um, it's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, um, mad don't feel real don't feel real but listen it's happening finger out he's going um and like the banner said arson thank you very much for the memories but it's time to say goodbye and um you know maybe in a few years or maybe in a few months i'll look back on those early years and i'll smile and yeah but this is the best for arsenal football club in my opinion so whew, it's done 
I can't wait to get out of hospital, I'm telling you. I actually thought that um, when this news come through that they'd jab me with morphine or something. It's unreal. But yeah, it is what it is. So yeah, hopefully once I'm recovered, I'll see you guys soon. And um, yeah. Um, okay, so that was just a little bit of that. Evan, what is your what was your reaction? Like, this has got to be a bad, this got to be bad news. You've got to wanted him to stick around another year, right? Yeah, so I was I was not Wenger out at all. I was Wenger stay forever. I was Wenger never go away. I was yeah. Wenger keep ruining Arsenal for as long as humanly possible. Um, I mean, the man, you know, definitely revolutionized Premier League uh, football, but he did that 20 goddamn years ago. And his tactics and personal management and everything has been outdated forever. And it's just so much fun watching Arsenal, you know, duke it out with Burnley for sixth. Um, that I wanted that to happen, to just keep happening forever. Um, so I'm sad to see Wenger go. Um, and, you know, I hope that they hire a bad coach to replace him. Yep. Uh, I I heard them, not, I'm not even sure jokingly, but mention the, what I thought was the funniest thing, that um, they, Arsenal may be looking at Patrick Vieira from NYCFC, which yeah. just that's so cool. He that would be a, such an Arsenal choice. He is the idea that he's like ready to manage and manage that d- dumpster fire is so exciting. Yeah, I mean he hasn't. He, it's not like he's won MLS. Like he's put together some. D, you know he's and NYCFC might be the best team in MLS right now, but it's probably still Toronto. Um, um, and which team does Latam play for? So he plays. He plays for LA. That's a good point. Very good point. <laughs> um, so other other than other than teams Latan. Um, NYCFC might be the best, but no, it's very funny. Um, it would be very good. He's now ne- obviously never coached at anything like that level before. Yeah. Um, but like who the fuck knows what they're going to do. Yeah, and they've no, got no, no. A, a really ridiculous squad construction, which is to say no real plan in how they constructed the squad. Yeah. Um, it's all, it's all very funny. Um, and it's I will good. say it, it does continue being funny. Drastically reduce the chances of Arsenal um, paying Real Madrid 70 million euros for Kareem Benzema in this summer. That's I was sort of hoping that that would be a good like way for Kareem to get out of Madrid because you get the sense that he's his probably his last season there and like that was the team I thought was the obvious answer. Like the Venker Arsenal is exactly who they they should send like an aging, not he's like super old but like an aging French striker to is exactly who should get him. But yeah, yeah, um, not anymore. Yes, less likely now. They'll bring in someone else. But, um, I mean, maybe they should just try to hire the Arsenal fan TV guys. They'd probably do a fine job. <laughs> that, they'd, probably, they'd probably really crush it. They would. They have a lot of answers to all the problems, I mean, that 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 uh, that Wenger had. They had a lot of answers. So, you know, big Arsenal fan TV fans. Um, all right, last, last topic. Last topic and best for last. Zlatan made his triumphant. Um, beginning to his MLS career, and we already talked about it in the last show. But in the meantime, since we've been on hiatus, he went on Jimmy Kimmel, Evan. And I'm going to play uh, about a four-minute chunk of that interview now, and I think we should just just, just bask in how awesome he is. Oh. First of all, thank you for coming. It's, thank you. it's great to have you here. I, um, when you first got here, I was like, oh, we got to have this guy on the show. And then I saw, I was looking in the LA Times, and you took out an advertisement. (laughs) A lot of athletes will take out a full page ad. Usually when they leave, they thank the city, you know, for everything. But 
You took one out um, to as you just as you got started, and it says, "Dear Los Angeles, you're welcome." <laughs> Thank you. Uh. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it has been a couple of years. I'm, I had my eyes on Los Angeles. You and, have? And I wanted to give them a gift, and I was... <laughs> I was like... And it was you. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking a long time, and, I, and then one day it came, like, I should give myself. <laughs> and that's why it yeah. came up, and... <laughs> you're welcome. You are... You're from Sweden, yes. obviously. Um, you don't, and maybe this is just some weird preconceived notion, but you don't strike me as quintessentially Swedish. I know you no. are Swedish, but Swedes are not um, braggadocious nice. in general, yes? They're too nice. They're I'm too not nice. So nice like that. Is that why you were asked to leave the country? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I'm not the typical Swedish guy, but I put Sweden on the map, so... You have a lot of nicknames. I, I was going, I was reading through a bunch of your nicknames. Which one do you like? Like, is there one that you really feel strongly about? I mean, my name in, in the Balkan language, it means gold. So I would prefer that, but I know people, people have difficulties to pronounce it and that. So in the end, somebody was like Ibra and people call me Ibra, so. Yeah, that's not a great nickname. And now he's the lion, so. Yeah! <laughs> the lion, lion is good. Lion is good, but you know what? Snoop Dogg already has Lion, I think. So you have to, like, consider what's taken and what isn't. You could get sued. Who knows what could happen here, you know? I have a nickname idea for you. I want to run it by you. And you okay. tell me, the Swedish fish. <laughs> Everyone loves Swedish fish here. I don't know if you're aware of it. I mean, back home, you probably just call them fish. But here, we call them... Those little red fish, and people are like, oh, yes. We love them so no, much. Um, I like something more powerful. More powerful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What can I... Oh, my God. There's not anything more powerful than a Swedish fish. No, <laughs> All right, I'll come up with something else for you. We make something... Uh, you... So, okay, so your first... Uh, okay, so <laughs> what, what I think is the best part about this interview, Evan, is that he... Um, is exactly who we all know him to be, and he's just like, yeah, like... Uh, I am that good. You guys should thank me for coming here. He might be the like he of all the stars to ever come to the to MLS from Europe. He's got to be like a most like in terms of personality and disposition, the best equipped to come and succeed in the in the, like what the U.S. media culture is like. He's not a quiet, put your head down guy. Like he's he's kind of like his. I guess the best analog in U.S. sports, his personality is like the diva wide receiver, like Terrell Owens or something like Chad, that, right? Chad Johnson, Chad, Chad Johnson, yeah, Ocho Cinco, great comparison, right? And like that, that like that is it's perfect for L.A. It's perfect for the U.S. sports culture. Yeah. Like he's gonna fucking thrive here. Um, and get you know get attention, and it's really fun to watch. Um, he is, it's just, uh, I just want more egos like his in MLS. I think it makes everything so much more fun. And yeah. he's gonna fucking, he's gonna absolutely just wreck MLS. Yeah, he is. And he, I mean, he wrecked it in his first game. He wrecked it. I mean, he's he's actually still really good at this sport. So people should have, I, I don't know why. Um, and we discussed that last time. But I think what really, really gets me about him, uh on this show is that 
it really shows you how good a fit he is for L.A. also. Like, he doesn't – I mean, like, he speaks English fine. Like, he comes out and they were like um, – yeah, he he talked about how being Swedish, you know, Swedish people are too respectful and how he's making, you know, he he wishes that people would be a little bit more like powerful. And someone was like and Kimmel I think at one point you'll hear it like said something like um yeah, they gave you um a nickname uh and it's it's something like you know, just like the cat or something. He's like, "No, I don't like that. I want I want something more powerful." Uh and he's like, "My name uh itself just means like destroyer like grace or whatever and he's just like yeah that's that's yeah, about that's right me <laughs> that's that's me i did that you should be thanking me because i rule and i'm I'm that good he does he does sort of yeah you know he's re- it's it's really fun and it just it, like just like for la with all the big celebrity personalities it's just perfect it just couldn't be a better fit um and i i just want to watch every interview yeah and i um, and we will and we will. We will put more of it on here, uh, of course, because this is uh, now a Zlatan ASMR podcast. It's just <laughs> going to exactly be right. us playing Zlatan interviews at really low volumes. <laughs> that, that's the new direction of the show, folks. So if you don't like that, um, the unsubscribe button is there for it's you. It's right there. You can mash that unsubscribe button if you don't want to have this the, the soft voice of Zlatan Ibrahimovic ta- <laughs> telling you how good he is at everything. You know, to lull you to sleep. That's right. But if you want to just bask in greatness like we do, uh, right. then, then, you know, give us those give us those subscriptions. Yeah. And, that, and that's what we're going to give you. Drop every week. it in. Zlatan ASMR. This is the Zlatan Show. You're listening to the Zlatan Show. This is Gabe Lezer, your host, and Evan Mateer. Um, and also here says we will be back, to, you know, I think even tomorrow possibly with more content. Um Because I have this um, sh- this computer and I have time now, we will probably be doing more just kind of. I may be doing more just kind of out of the blue interviews and whatnot, which is cool. And we're going to do a little bit more serious stuff um, as well as our normal um, dunking on the Twitter soccer idiots. So um, yeah, it's cool. Happy to be back, dude. Yeah, man. It's a lot of fun. Can't wait to get more, uh, get more stuff done. Let's go. All right. Talk to you tomorrow. Later. Later.